from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. This is VSIN Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number two of Final Countdown here on a Thursday. Matt Brown, Jonathan Von Tobel, despite what the opener says, is here on the desk with me, producer Steph. Or doesn't say. Behind the glass, a real person, promise you, uh, is with us here on a Thursday as well. Got Thursday night football this evening, talking about the Steph Curry. We had a very, very good Steph Curry segment earlier in the show, and if you didn't catch it, you better go watch the replay, vsan.com slash JVT. I don't know if they put your replays up on the up on your your personal page on the site, but they should. They should. That was a good, that was a really good segment. Thanks, man. Talk about, uh, we did the, oh, I forgot the pro tip, didn't I? In that first hour, yeah, no, you didn't. Well, we did it. Uh, that's fine. It's up right. on the website. Whatever. There's proof. It is. It is what it is. We have. We have, you know what we'll do. We'll do. We'll do two of them at the end of this this hour because we had a good, we had one. We, we actually, did. We actually had one. We it's just, up on the website. We just forgot to do it. We had so much information talking about those circle lines. It's just impossible for us to do it. But talking more about Thursday night football, let's do a little uh, prop watch. on a Thursday. Uh, talked to Adam Levitan a little bit earlier, as we said. They uh, they have a couple plays tonight. They have the over on completions on Geno Smith. They also have uh, some other stuff here we'll talk about whenever we get to the running backs and receivers. But as we look right now, 241 and a half, and I will make sure that these are the correct numbers. Because again, these are dynamic, so these can be changing um, as we are sitting here. But as we made this graphic, this was 241 and a half. Passing props sitting at Brock Purdy 
224 and a half. So this has moved up four yards since the graphic was made. 241 and a half does still hold for Geno Smith in this one. Um, so Brock Purdy, I guess the question becomes in this, if you want to play a Purdy prop, JVT, it is. Do you believe that they are going to let him just go back and do, you know, normal quarterback things? Or if this injury that they've got going on, if that is an actual real injury and is it just passing when it's necessity, when it's a necessity. And if not, they're going to turn around and hand the ball off a million times. I mean, I guess, I guess that's kind of your question, whether you want to play an over and under on, on Purdy's yardage. Tonight. Yeah. I don't really understand. To be honest with you, I don't mm. understand why it'd be so high, right? Yeah. Like two twenty and a half. Um, and when he came in relief, they dropped him back 40 times and he threw a 37 against Miami. And I guess, you know, it's a lesser opponent and his average of the target wasn't yeah. massive. It was five and a half yards. So he wasn't doing that much, but still, even then we're talking about 5.7 yards per attempt. So he's dinking and dunking uh, and 210 total yards. And then in his first start with a week to prepare and again, it was a blowout. You didn't really have to do that much, yeah. but still only 185 yards on 22 dropbacks. I don't think they're really asking him to do that much. Yeah. And, and thus, that would make me think that this is a game that would play a little bit more to the under on his passing yards. Again, as somebody who views this with the prism of a game that I bet under the total, uh, that right. would kind of go uh, with my thought process as well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think from a yardage standpoint, the thing that stuck out for me for Purdy was that seemed somewhat high at 220 yeah. and a half. I think that's actually a, a good point to bring up here. And what do you know? Maybe our second pro tip of the hour that we just get, we knock out right here at the top is if you are going to bet player props. I was going to say. Make sure that they are in correlation with how you have bet the game as well. If yeah, you have, right. if you have Cincinnati, if you have Cincinnati, um, I mean, if you, if you have uh, San Francisco at minus three or three and a half in this game, but you're taking Geno Smith to throw for 400 yards in the prop market, you're probably not going to win that bet too too right. too often, right? I mean, like that's not going so to happen. Too, yeah, too yeah. incredibly often. So, uh, as you said, as someone who is looking at the under in this game, you wouldn't think that this is going to be you know throwing it all over the field. And yeah, whatnot. correct. Yeah. So I'm not going to go out there and bet both. Of these guys over their passing yards <laughs> yeah. and uh, multiple you know, touchdown passes right. and setting, you know, things like no, that. I'm, I'm hedging my bets uh, just in case it doesn't happen. Uh, th that's a joke. Please don't do that. No, yes, so I would don't. say, I, I would say that. And also, I mean, look, if we're talking about, uh, as you so astutely put it, pretty props, mm -hmm. uh, this is a guy who in three appearances in two games for, we'll call them as a starter. Cause he got in that game pretty early right. against Miami. He has committed four turnover worthy plays. So yeah. this is a guy who is putting the ball in danger and a turnover worthy play rate of 5.1% in his three appearances is pretty high. So I would say that this is maybe something where if you're looking at Purdy interceptions over mm -hmm. a half might be something worth looking at. He has shown at least as a seventh round rookie, they tend to, uh, he's put the ball in danger and this might be one where he's going to turn this thing over this week. Looking over at the rushing yardage here, only three guys that are listed uh, right now over at DraftKings. Ken, there's a lot of question marks as we enter this game, certainly on the San Francisco, so, uh, uh, certainly on the, uh, on the uh, Kenneth Walker, you know, whether he's going to start right from the get-go, things like that. And uh, so his his props aren't up right now. So McCaffrey at 80 and a half yards, Geno Smith at 16 and a half yards, and then Jordan Mason sitting at 27 and a half yards. I imagine at some point when everything is, when everything is officially official again, we'll get some Kenneth Walker uh, rushing yardage props and things yeah. like that. But uh, as we sit right now, 80 and a half, got to be honest, that seems fairly appropriate for McCaffrey. It seems kind of right on, you know, if we're looking at how we think that this game is, is likely to play out. Yeah. I think it's, it's either right on or maybe shaded a little mm -hmm. too high. Cause I'll tell you what, and you know, this, there's not a lot of people who are running to DraftKings and other spots going, give me McCaffrey unders, right? Like yeah. they're, so these tend to be a little bit higher than they probably should. You know, I, I told story this last week when you were out, 
we were doing the prop watch thing, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I tend to be kind of boring with these because I'm always more like with the big names to look under yep. because they're baked a little bit higher than they likely should be because they're going to get that action on the over. And, and this is another one of them. Um, so maybe you go with the rushing receiving yards under 122 and a half. Yeah. Uh, while McCaffrey is going to get a brunt of this workload, he is much more skilled out of the backfield as a pass catcher. And, you know, maybe the receiving yards get you, but there's a pretty good chance that he stays underneath that rushing yard total. So I would maybe look in that direction, but I'm always going to look at these guys kind of under their totals. On a receiving side of things, yardage-wise, uh, McCaffrey's yardage has shot up since even uh, last evening, and even since this graphic was made. Uh, receiving yards, as you watch on your graphic there, 38.5. It is up to 40.5 at DraftKings right now. It was 35.5 yeah. last night. So, as you would imagine, I think, in, in one, like you said, one, people want to bet overs, and two, I think a lot of people came, maybe did the same handicap that you and I did in this, which is, hey, look. Purdy's at least, if he's not seriously injured, he's at least compromised. You know, I mean, an oblique injury to a quarterback is not the greatest thing in the whole wide world. Two, you don't have Debo Samuel, who is kind of your your other downfield threat, which was opening things up for Ayuk and, mm-hmm. and all that. So, like, now that that's not there, is Ayuk going to be seeing kind of some of these looks that he's been seeing with Debo out there? And I think people kind of came to the conclusion we were talking about where maybe it's a little bit of a closer line of scrimmage. Maybe it's a little bit more, you know, a, a subdued approach here from Shanahan and from Purdy. And so... Uh, I think it makes all the sense in the world that this is steamed up five yards. But again, the difference in a receiving prop for, for, for a running back specifically, right? Even if it is Christian McCaffrey, the difference in five yards is massive. I know it doesn't sound like a ton, but I mean, right. if we're talking about five yards receiving, it's like a whole nother completion, right? I mean, like he needs to catch a whole nother ball. Yep. And like, that is a, that's a massive difference. No, it absolutely yeah. is. So no, I agree with that assessment. I, I think, and two, like the weird thing when you're talking about some of these San Francisco guys, like for example, like Ayuk kind of sticks out, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, okay, Dio Samuel's hurt. Ayuk's got to be the guy, right? Well, again, remember, we're talking about a guy in in Brock Purdy whose average depth of target is so far has been just five and a half yards yeah. downfield. Ayuk's wide receiver. Generally, his average depth <laughs> of target of route run is going to be a little bit longer than that. So he's probably not going to get the same amount of targets. So you would think like, hey, man, let's let's bet Ayuk overs because he's going to be the number one target for them. It actually might be more like these other dudes, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. the guys who are much tighter to the line of scrimmage with their routes and their concepts because Purdy's going to be more comfortable checking it down and getting the ball out of his hands quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and it's one of those it's one of those other things that were there are sometimes it it's sometimes the correlation really more is not necessarily, oh, well, it's got to go to the other guy. It's more like who's going to take the other guy's place. So, like, I would right. be more apt to bet a, like, a Juwan Jennings prop yep. than I would an Ayuk because that doesn't, like, it's not necessarily, because Ayuk and Debo aren't necessarily the same player, really aren't the same player at all, right? And, and don't really run the same routes and don't really do the same things when they're out there. And so it would be more of a, oh, okay, who is filling that role more? And I think that's more, you would lean more towards, like, a Juwan Jennings than you would an Ayuk. And so like you're saying it's, it's not necessarily, like, okay, well, where are those targets going to go? They're obviously all going to go to Ayuk. No, not in this offense for sure anyway. I mean, there's some of those offenses where maybe you can directly kind of correlate where, let's say Cincinnati, for example, right? Mm-hmm. If, if Jamar Chase is out, yes, T. Higgins receptions and targets and all, you're going to go way up. I mean, it's, it's just the way it is, but like not necessarily in this offense. Well, and, and look at two. So again, we're talking about this from this lens for Juwan Jennings, for example. Average of the target of route run, 7.9 yards downfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, over 10. Yep. So, again, kind of falling into that mm-hmm. prism of 
where is a young guy like Purdy? Where is he going early on here? Mm-hmm. It's been to the guys who are a little bit shorter in terms of their routes and closer to the line of scrimmage. That would make a little bit more sense. And it's a short number. Like you mentioned, only two and a half receptions. Yeah. Looking at here. Yeah. And so uh, the other thing we should mention, we did say uh, uh, Adam and them do have a uh, slight edge to the over on, on Kittle receptions yep. as well with the same mindset that we were kind of talking about here. A lot of stuff a little bit more closer to the line of scrimmage, maybe not taking as many chances downfield and things like that. And so uh, he did point out a, a good thing as well, where it's kind of like, listen, the difference between median and mean is something you certainly need to understand when you're talking about player props here, because that can you're if you're just looking at nothing but averages, it can be very, very skewed specifically depending on which type of player it is, because a guy, you know, like George Kittle has these massive, massive games and then has duds in like, so you might look and it's like, Oh wait, he's averaging 49 yards per game or whatever. And it's like, well, he had a 130 yard game and a 140 yard game. And then he has a whole bunch of 17 and right. 24 yard games as well. Right. So you got to be sure and, and do the median mean thing as well. Whenever you're going through and, and looking at all this stuff, what do we think about touchdown scores tonight? What do we think? Anybody we want to fire on? I mean, listen, that was fun last time we did that. I was trying, I was trying to find this article that's up on vcn.com. Oh, find it. what is producer Steph? Come on, in, in, in my ear, producer Steph, who's going to score the first touchdown? Who is it? Oh, it's in the, oh, okay, okay. The technology, we have, we oh, have the technology. we have the technology. I wrote another article about first touchdown. Wow, the self-promotion. <laughs> wow, look at this. Look at this. So she says uh, Christian McCaffrey plus 425. Brandon Ayuk plus 750. He has four first touchdowns for the Niners on the season. So Ayuk getting into the end zone for them four different times, four first touchdowns. And the 49ers defensive Oof. Defense special teams, 22 to 1. So not only yeah. am I going to have to bet Ayuk now, mm-hmm. you're going to tell me I have to start him in my fantasy playoff game? Oh, okay, all right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I think an anytime touchdown on Tyler Lockett is at least fairly interesting, like I was mentioning. I, I think Geno is going to be able to find at least spurts of success in this game. Like, Where's there, my Brock Purdy anytime touchdown? Let's there, go. There is a there's a lot of injuries in that secondary for this 49er team. So I think that there's it, – listen, it might not be always pretty for the Seahawks team, but I think there will at least be spurts where they look like they're they're getting things done. And so I, I think that there's at least some sort of value there. Thor Nystrom here whenever we come back on the other side. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network. College bowl season is about to kick off, and Beeson has you covered with this year's college football bowl guide. This year's guide has picks on the spread and total of every bowl game from Beeson experts and Brent Musburger, or Brent Musburger and other Beeson experts. As we said, Steve Mackin has power ratings for every team and breaks down the motivational factors that affect bowl games. Josh Applebaum will give you his insight into bowl betting strategy. Oh, Adam, Burke, so Adam Burke give you some advantage here on if you're any of those uh, confidence pools out there. And JVT, if you go to backslash JVT, I'm sure you did something as well. Give yourself an edge. Beeson.com slash subscribe. Check out all the college football betting actions. VSIN.com slash subscribe. We are joined now by someone who can help us maybe decipher some of these bowl game things that are going on out there. He is Thor Nystrom. You can find him college football and NFL draft analyst for Fantasy Pros. Thor, thanks for joining us, buddy. Absolutely. Good to be here. So let's kick things off. Uh, UTSA in Troy this weekend. Are you, do you have a bet in pocket? Do you have anything that you're looking at? How do you see this one? I sure do. Yeah, I'm on Troy. I've been on Troy for uh, a large part of the regular season. I'm going to ride him again here. I like the way that their defense matches up against UTSA's offense. And that that's obviously the key in any handicap when you're handicapping a UTSA game. Because if you don't have the defenders, they're just going to start piling up the yardage and the points. But Troy has one of the elite cornerbacks in the entire nation outside corners. This kid named Reddy Stewart. They're going to sick him on Franklin, UTSA's best receiver. UTSA at the beginning of the season had three stud receivers, but they lost one of them to Corian Clark to injury. He's out for the season in early November. If Franklin gets locked down, UTSA is basically down to one stud receiver. And then UTSA, they, they spread the field. 
thin out the boxes. So you're concerned about the run game and then Harris getting out of the pocket. But Troy has the all-time leader in FBS tackles for his career in Carlton Marshall, this this undersized whirling dervish of a linebacker. He's going to be able to clean up all those messes. Troy also on offense, they get explosive plays. UTSA gives them up. I like Troy in that one. Uh, I wanted to go to the Fenway Bowl, if we could. A unique setup. Uh, first off, odds, do you believe, on a fight on the sidelines, uh, because they will be sharing the same <laughs> one. And uh, will Scott Satterfield be flipping birds at the other side? No. Uh, Louisville <laughs> right now, two-point favorite with a total of 40. This total's really dropped. What have you seen here? I, I like the dog in this one. I think Cincinnati's going to win this game. There's so many opt-outs and injury concerns on both sides. And Cincinnati did have more guys that opted out, like key contributors, but, the, but I, I think it basically comes out as a wash when you look at them in comparison to Cincinnati or in comparison to Louisville because the drop-off from the Louisville starting quarterback, Malik Cunningham, to the backup, this kid named Doman, is absolutely enormous. Whereas on the other side on Cincinnati, the, the drop-off from, from Ben Bryant to Prater, the backup there, it's not nearly as big. Prater is definitely not as good of a passer as Ben Bryant, but he's a way better runner. And when when Prater has played this year, because he's played several games when Bryant was was hurt, Cincinnati calls a lot of designed runs for him. So Cincinnati's going to be running the ball a lot more in this game, which is good because Louisville's run defense stinks. Um, whereas Doman going in for Cunningham, it basically neuters the entire Louisville offense. We've seen this over and over again this season. Doman can't run number one, so you take that element away that Cunningham had. And he's also not as good of a thrower as Cunningham yet. So I like Cincinnati to win that one. So let's take a look here at uh, Miami and UAB. This is one of those weird games where we've known for like a few weeks that this was going to happen because they had to get ready to go down to the Bahamas. What we've got now, UAB, about a 10.5-point favorite in this one, a total of 45. Do you think 10.5 is too much for UAB? Uh, I, I do. I, I do lean towards Miami in that one, getting the points. Chuck Martin has been very good against the spread in his career in bowls and in neutral site games. They also just sort of play a style of football that naturally keeps the scores close. And UAB does absolutely, I mean, they never even during the Bill Clark era profiled as a team that would just annihilate, you know, decent, you know, lower tier bowl teams like this. This year is the worst season that they've had since Clark's first season. And it might even be worse than that because I think the first season they finished six and six under Clark and, and were not selected for a ball. But what I like about Miami in this game, I do think it's going to be their backup quarterback, Brett Gabbert, the starter. He did enter the transfer portal. He came back, but he's been injured throughout the season. The status change, stuff like that. I think it's going to be Avion Smith, the backup there. But it's another situation where enormous drop off as a passer. But Avion Smith is a way better runner than Brett Gabbert is. In fact, Avion Smith ranks in the top five in the nation in PFF run grade for quarterbacks. So he's a very gifted scrambler. Miami in this game is going to run, run, run. That's exactly what you want to do against the UAB defense. UAB, UAB's defense has one of the best uh, pass defenses in the entire G5, but their run defense is shoddy. So I think uh, Miami of Ohio is going to be able to nick them on the ground. And Miami of Ohio, they have a better defense than UAB does. But Miami of Ohio had one of the better uh, or one of the bigger jumps in terms of defenses in the G5 this year. Where their strength is, it's their run defense, the Red Hawks which is obviously of tantamount importance against UAB because Dwayne McBride's going to be the best player on the field, the UAB running back. I want to go to a bowl that's going to be in our backyard out here, uh, Florida, Oregon State. 
Uh, Oregon State right now up to a 10.5 point favor with a total of 52.5 at Thor. I think th this is like a really fascinating one, right? Because this is one of those where Oregon State is going to be highly motivated to go out and win this game, to get a bowl. It's been a great season for them. They've been one of the best uh, ATS teams in the country. Actually, they are, I think, the best ATS team in the country. And Florida, they want to come out here, play whatever. It's Las Vegas. But are we baking too much of that into this number now at this point, right? Like, we're all the way up to 10.5 for a line that opened five. Are you playing anything but Florida here with this line at this point? I'm actually playing Oregon State in this one. This is one where I, where I will lay the points. My adjusted line on that when I baked in all the defections on the Florida side, it went all the way up to Oregon State minus 14.3. Yeah, so so I'm happy to take them. You mentioned how good Oregon State has been against the spread. Not, not only did the, is that indicative of a team that continues to improve you know, from, from the previous seasons, but also that they never got the respect from the public. They still haven't. People just sort of, I mean, you know, they, they play late in the Pac-12 and all that sort of stuff. I don't think people realize how good that team is. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball off of play action. And they play really tough defense. They especially have a really good secondary and, and, and different stuff like that. Um, Florida, th this is going to be really tough for them. You drop down from Anthony Richardson when your offense, all it was good at was generating explosive plays. They were inefficient all season long on offense, even with Richardson. But now you drop off from Richardson to your third string quarterback, Jack Miller. You're not going to get the same explosive plays. And you're probably even going to be less efficient than you were before when you had a below average of, of efficiency offense. And of course, that wasn't Richardson's not the only guy they lost. Justin Shorter, their, their wide receiver, too. Osiris Torrance, who was a top three uh, offensive guard in the entire nation. Ventrell Miller on their defense. Florida's defense stunk this year. I think it was 78th SP. Plus. If you look at the past couple of years, Ventrell Miller's missed games like every single year. If you look at the games where Ventrell Miller missed, Florida's defense always played down because he's like the, the, the guy that cleans up all the messes and stuff like that. Um, without him there, their defense is going to go down even further. So you can think of it as like, you know, the low 80s or, or 90s, you know, in terms of quality. Oregon State is going to move the ball at will on Florida. And I think they're going to the Beavers are going to shut out the lights on that Jack Miller offense. Talking to Thor Nystrom from Fantasy Pros. Thor, uh, let's talk about just the the overall picture here for the championship. TCU, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia. We got eight points now in favor of Michigan, six and a half in favor of Georgia. John and I both went with the six and a half on Georgia. I just feel like that team is still uh, kind of head and shoulders above everybody else out there. Do you have some thoughts on those two games? That's the game where I, where I, I have a strong mm -hmm. uh, opinion, and it's the same one as you guys. I, I bought a Georgia minus six and a half ticket like a week ago. I fully expected that thing to be over a touchdown by now, seven and a half or so. The market hasn't pushed it up quite uh, you know, as much as I thought or as aggressively initially. Um, seems to be uh, respect for Ohio State still in the market, or at least a little bit. I don't respect Ohio State this season very much, though. I, I think C.J. Stroud is a bit overrated. Obviously, Jackson Smith and Jigba, you didn't get anything from this season. He's not going to play in this game, even though there's been reports that he's healthy enough to. So he's just ducking out. Travion Henderson, their star running back, he's out. You know, he opted for surgery. So Ohio State is depreciated. Georgia's at full. Georgia did lose their best uh, pass rusher, but that was like. Uh, over a month ago, so, so they've had time to acclimate to that. Outside of that, they're fully healthy. I think Georgia's going to absolutely stomp Ohio State. And in, in the other game, that's where it gets tougher with where the line is. Uh, my system prefers Michigan. It has a line very close to Michigan, minus 10. But I, I have a hard time getting it out of my head that TCU plays the exact opposite way, and they were able to win every, you know, win every game up till the Kansas State game, but also you know, all these different close games as well. So I'm... I'm sort of still batting that one around. I could go either way on it, but the Georgia side I love. 
He is Thor Nystrom. You can find him over at FantasyProsBettingPros.com as well. Thor, thanks for stopping by, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Always good to join you guys. Thank you. So we are looking here, like you said. I mean, it is – can you imagine? So you're you're in Gainesville. You're starting quarterbacks, not going to start. You're like, okay, you know what? It's a nice trip to Vegas. It doesn't really matter. You book your tickets, y'all. And then they move the game from a primetime game to a morning game. And so now you just have to power through the whole night. Like you can't, there's, there's no sleeping then at this point. Uh, I mean, and selfishly too, I was, I had credentials for this. I was ready to go. I was going to go. <laughs> there's no drinking in the press box. Uh, right. I was going to get it done beforehand. Right. And now I can't do anything. So yeah, no, I'm very upset. You're, you're, the Gainesville people, I'm sure. Are upset. I mean, they're sitting there like, they're like, you know what? We're going to go to Vegas. It doesn't matter. You know, yeah. Our starting quarterback, he's not going to play. It doesn't, we'll, we'll go party. It'll be great. We'll sleep all day long and then we'll go to the game. No, my friend. My understanding is there will be quite the Oregon State contingent out and about. So I would, I would, I would believe that. Yeah, I would believe they're that. They're pretty fired up for this bowl game. It seems they had a good season. They should be. They did. They had a good season, and they get to come and knock off an SEC team. That's right. You know, which they that is most six and likely, six and which <laughs> they most likely will do without their starting quarterback. But hey, it is, it is what it is. We'll look at the NBA lines for tonight. See if JBT has any thoughts on those when we come back. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN is the gift that keeps on giving. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber for only $79 and get access to everything we do from now to the big dance. Sign up today. You'll also get $20 to buy VSIN sports betting hat, shirts, and mugs from the online store, Viper and the Warthog, coming early 2023. So I, I don't I believe know. my face is on some VSIN ornaments that are in the store, too. So I don't yep. know if they, uh, if, how long the credits stay on with expire at any point just check on that because the uh, viper and the warthog stuff coming early 2023 tools like our betting splits let you see where the money and bets are moving every game deep dive betting reports plus our ongoing college bowl coverage with best bets on every bowl game so limited offer limited time offer so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift get a vsin pro access now through march madness vsin.com slash subscribe strings on those ornaments are ridiculously long this that would not work on a Christmas tree. No, and it, like if you had a cat, like the cat's going like to get up there or and start a small knocking child, yeah, like I or whatever, yeah. and just like, like rip the tree down and all the things like that. These are things that um, people tweet us. I did do a retweet of Dave Ross, who does the show right before us. Um, I was talking about a car that I saw here in the valet whenever I walked in, and uh, I did retweet that. He took a picture. I did retweet that. If you want to go and take a look at Matt Brown M2 because uh, it's quite the car. It is, a, it is a homage to the late, great Kobe Bryant. And uh, these people went all out. I, I, I mean, uh, they, they went all, all out on this one. So uh, be sure and take a look at that. We also get fans who, who tweet in. Uh, this is a real good one. Poor Stormy has to deal with that loser, Matt Brown. You can tell Stormy hates doing the show with that dude. He's so cringy. So, uh, so John, I, I Where think. Where is this? Uh, this is just a fan. A fan just a fan. You know, a fan. Type uh, in uh, Poor just, Stormy. Just, want to see this tweet? Yeah, man. so just, uh, just came in. So just, it was. Uh, I think he really does like me, though. That's just his way of kind of just, you know, wanting to get a response or something like that. Why I think, does he I don't tweet think he re- it to disclose TV? I don't think he. I don't, I don't think he does. I don't think he really dislikes me. I don't think he really thinks that I'm a loser and or that oh, I'm cringy. Wait, I was looking at the wrong one. Oh yeah. Is another oh, story? Is there another story being referenced there? Okay. Yeah. I get it. Right. Yeah. Is there other ones? Like yeah, yeah. There's there's that going on there. So you know, uh, tweet stuff in whatever you think it. You know, we'll uh, we'll read the stuff on there as long as it's not you know. As long as it's not, as long right. as it's not horrible. The, the poor Stormy that I was reading was about another Stormy that, you know, was pretty famous. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Donald Trump said, poor Stormy. But then I started reading the rest. I was like, this is highly inappropriate. I feel like this is not. Can't read that tweet online. Never mind. Can't read that one. Whoo, boy. All right, over in the NBA, we just have a handful of games tonight, as we typically do on a Thursday. 8 10 Eastern Bucks and Grizzlies. Grizzlies are two and a half point favorites over DraftKings, 226.5. The total there, another one at 8 10 Eastern, the Heat and the Rockets. We got the Heat as three and a half point road favorites, 217.5. The total there, 9 10 Eastern. We got the Pelicans and the Jazz. The Pelicans are one point favorites on the road against the Jazz, 232 your total. And then the late tip at 1040 Eastern, the Suns and the Clippers. The Suns are five and a half point road favorites over the Clippers, 217 is the total. Let's start with these early games here, Bucks and Grizz, and then the Heat and the Rockets. Any thoughts, my friend? Oh, is this where I go? Yes. Um, no, uh, not really. Like, so with the Bucks and the Grizzlies, for example, I think a lot of people would look at that and go, hey, the Bucks are one of the best teams in the NBA, right? What's going on here? I was told, you know, this line's fishy, as they say. Mm. Uh, look, the Bucks have not been playing really great basketball at this point, and mm-hmm. their inconsistency has been consistent with availability. Again, Drew Holiday is not going to play here today for the Milwaukee Bucks. That is your best defensive option for John Morant, uh, who's going to be running around quite a bit and needs a really good on-ball defender to kind of contain him up. Uh, the Bucks, so far, if you look at it, like they're five and two in December, Matt, which is solid, but mm-hmm. they're highly rated and they're not covering those numbers. They're three, three to one against the spread, so Mark is still high on them, but they're not the same team because of the, the people that have not been there for them. So, if anything, I think you can kind to make the argument in a day and age in which the NBA home court is now worth nearly three and a half points that maybe this should probably be three, three and a half in favor mm-hmm. of Memphis, just given the way that the Bucks have been playing at the very least, these might be some teams that are power rated somewhat equally. So I didn't really have a strong opinion, but thought that the way that Milwaukee has been playing, I wouldn't really want to rush to back them. And the other point that is very much worth making here uh, of the home courts for me, Memphis is the strongest home court at this mm-hmm. point right now. Uh, a league leading plus 14, 14.2 net rating per 100 possessions and non-garbage time. 12-2 and two straight up, 11-3 and three against the spread on its home floor. So th- this is the other thing that kind of works with Memphis. Very strong home court against an inconsistent team. I didn't have anything, but I think I'd rather be on the side of the Grizzlies. Heat and the Rockets, uh, Heat three and a half on the road there, 217 and a half the total. Yeah, and so this is this is where I think is a good exercise is to kind of do some line comparison, right? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is Miami two days ago, uh, I bet them at minus two and a half against the Indiana Pacers. They were in Indiana, okay? Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of a rocky game. It wasn't really great. They missed like four free throws on the stretch to potentially blow it. They didn't. They ended up covering that number. Would you say that the Houston Rockets are only a point or a point worse than the Indiana right. Pacers? Obviously not. not. So it does look like from a line value standpoint with Miami coming off of you know, it's the second leg of a back-to-back. They played Oklahoma City, but Jimmy Butler took the night off. Probably going to be out there again tonight. We'll double check to see if that's going to be the case. Um, but that maybe there's some line value here if you're going to get a relatively healthy heat team in this spot against Houston. Now, the problem is Miami has been so inconsistent that it's hard, I think, to go out here and willingly lay like points with them unless it's a really good situation or matchup for them. I thought it was a good matchup against Indiana. Maybe not so much against the Houston team that's kind of starting to figure things out offensively. So, again, not one I'm involved with. And Miami has very much, and I mentioned this in the write-ups daily, they've become very Patriots-esque with their injury reports in that, yeah. like, everybody's right, listed. Right, right, right. And, like, right. sure, they're, like, probable and questionable, and most of the time they're going to play. But, I mean, I'm going to show you this right now. This is the Heat's injury report, <laughs> right? It's, like, almost every player that's listed. And, like, Bam is questionable. Nikola Jovic, their young kid, is questionable. Caleb Martin, their starting power forward, is questionable. So, like, these are the things where I'm like, like, I'd rather not get involved yeah. in Miami games unless I kind of know. So we got the Pelicans and the Jazz. Pelicans just a short favorite here, one point two thirty-two the total. 
So I bet this, uh, and I, I did a, you know, the goofy meme, like I'll do it yeah. again. Uh, I put, I put that up this morning because yeah. I bet the Pelicans in this first matchup, they were one and a half point favorites. Zion Williamson got their, his third foul, like two minutes into yeah. the second quarter. They benched him for the rest. They got off kilter. And then in the second half, they looked like a team that had played a really big emotional series against Phoenix. And we're in the second half of a game in altitude against Utah. Now this time around playing on the same court against the same opponent. The only difference is Jose Alvarado is not going to play. That's not a move or a loss that changes the power rating. I'm back at it. I'm going to F and do it again here with the New Orleans <laughs> Pelicans. There, there's just so many matchups. If you look at their numbers so far as a whole body of work that work in favor of New Orleans, they're an offense that ranks in the top seven. This is a bottom five defense. This is a team that loves to get in transition. This is a bottom five transition defense. This is a offense that relies on offensive rebounding. It's one of the better uh, rebounding teams in the league, not just offensively, but defensively as well. I just think there's enough matchups here that work in the Pelicans' favor. And this is the other thing too, Matt, where I don't think you should be afraid to kind of go back to the well. You right. know, we were just talking about Miami. A couple of weeks ago, Miami had two games in Boston. I bet Miami in the first game, it was a little bit of a bad beat. There's technical fouls and guys, you know, uh, screw up at the end of the last 60 seconds. They don't cover that number. What did they do? Came right back again with Miami in the next matchup. They actually ended up winning that game outright. So don't be afraid to kind of come back if you think the matchups are working in your favor, which I think is the case here. So went back with the Pelicans. I think Kelly's with me too. I think Kelly bet him in the first matchup <laughs> and we're at it again here today. Last tip, the Suns and the Clippers. No Kawhi Leonard, no Paul George for the Clippers tonight. No Aiton for yep. the Suns, but they will get Booker back tonight. Uh, five and a half in favor of the Suns, 217 is the total Booker might be in for, for a big night if, as long as that hamstring is okay. Yeah, and here's the thing. Like, the Clippers, too, it's not even just Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Reggie Jackson also out. He's got an Achilles issue that it flared up last night. Luke Kennard is questionable. Evita Zubac is questionable. Norm Powell's been out for a while. So this is a team that's going to be pretty thin here tonight mm -hmm. for the Los Angeles Clippers. You know, they, I think they're they're playing really good basketball. And when everybody's available, this is a team that is very much, as we've talked about, a light big picture, has a lot of stuff in front of them. Uh, but right at this point, given just how thin they could potentially be in the lineups they're going to throw out there, I don't think you really want to press it here against the Suns team that re really does need some good juju, by the way. Like, you're talking about them recently right now. One and six straight up. They've lost five straight. They have a negative 8.9 net rating this month. Their defense has been atrocious at 121.2. Like, against a Clippers team that is really pushing it with availability. This looks like if the Clippers, or excuse me, if the Suns can step on the gas here tonight and mm -hmm. get a win and kind of break out of this, I think this is one where they're going to do everything they possibly can to do it. So the numbers baked too far in the other direction. I think this is easy. Just watch in game maybe if you want to get involved, but nothing really strong from here at all. I don't bet a ton of of kind of overnights and look aheads and stuff in the in the NBA, but. So the Warriors are seven and a half point dogs at the Sixers tomorrow. We know Steph's not going to be out there. Wiggins is out already. Yep. Draymond is questionable. And then you're coming off of being completely deflated with your star being hurt and stuff. Like, I don't know. It's, I'm so tempted to go ahead and just bet the Sixers in this game. Well, and the, and to the other part of it too, is the Sixers are playing good basketball. Yeah. Like they're finally starting to get healthy. And when you see James Harden and Phil, or excuse me, and Joel Embiid on the floor together, like this thing is starting to kind of mm -hmm. round into form. And it's funny. Cause I keep getting asked about like, Hey, you know, on this futures board, right? We talked about yeah. it. Like if you're looking for shots, whatever it is, this 76ers team, which is now fully complete and listen to their offensive ratings since Harden's come back. We're talking about 127, 130, 117.9. Like they're starting to get better offensively. They're about like 23 to one to win the NBA finals. Yeah. And this is a team that I had picked as the one seed in the Eastern conference that I was waiting to get over that 16 to one mark to bet them. Like I would say, watch out. Boston looks incredible. Milwaukee, everybody thinks is a really good team and rightfully so. Philly's got something cooking, man. And once they get fully healthy, this is going to be, I think, a team to be reckoned with. And they're starting to find themselves. Rookie of the year, unbettable. 
Bancaro's no matter what. Yeah, like yeah. well, I don't even think it's Bancaro, but no matter what, it's also the other contender who like is uh, Benedict Matherin. Mm. It's still too short to bet that too. Like you, you had to get involved early. I, I got Bancaro, or excuse me, uh, Matherin at seven to one, seven fifty when I went to Jersey that one time. Mm. But right now, yeah, it's a two horse race and it's too short to get involved that way. Yeah, it's, it's a bummer that we're like this early and, and yeah, it's like, sticks, like yeah. eh, the market's dead. You yep. know, unless there's unless there's some sort of injury, which of course we never ever root for. We're going to go finish up some of these in, uh, NFL news and notes as well. Some of the stuff coming through as we've been on air here. Final segment, final countdown coming back. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Fall sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you are a soccer or socky, 
Uh, football, hockey, Love or soccer. basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join now for new promotions like Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and more. And Bet Rivers, call all soccer fans to head to BetRivers.com or check out our World Cup Daily Bet and Get. It's a whole new game. So these these reads, you know, sometimes you'll 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 be reading or you've done them so many times you kind of know what's going on. Your brain is like you know just kind of on cruise control. Well. Uh, Stormy had a moment like that yesterday in which she blended hockey and soccer and uh, said, Saki, if you're a Saki fan. And I was like, you know what? I, I am actually a Saki fan. You hot I, or cold Saki? You know what? I prefer it hot, but I'll drink it both ways. I've, I've come to appreciate hot Saki. It's freaking awesome. Do you do the thing where you drop it in the beer too? Like, oh. yeah. I could tell a story, alleged story about maybe a restaurant out in Las Vegas <laughs> that did not card in the 18 with frequent and do sake bombs over the weekend, but that would just be a that story. Would just, it would not be yes, true. That would not be. You could, you could imagine it happening. Oh, though, like you could imagine oh, my heart happening. just goes a flutter. My son yes. better never do anything like that. Yes, this. like it just you know some, somewhere down the line that may or may not be a thing that could happen. Uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll do me, I'll do me some sake. You, you put the chopsticks on top and you pound the table and it drops it. Oh, it's great. I guess what I don't get is the people who are, are adamantly against. Where I'm kind of like, I mean, it doesn't really taste. I get it. I mean, it doesn't. It's it's got its unique little flavor, but it doesn't taste bad. Like it's not no. like one of those things where like the first time you ever have a beer, where you're kind of like, oh, this is like awkward. Like it's an awkward taste. Yeah, like, no, like where you're like, I have to like this. Yeah. Society says so. Yeah, uh, like, no. no, I think sake is awesome. It's got yeah. like a subtle sweetness to it when it's hot after a nice like big meal, right? And you drink it at the end. Oh, it's tremendous. I remember. Be- uh, like you're, I was about to say of a, a, a young age. Well, let's put it this way: when I was a younger uh, person trying beer for the first time, mm-hmm. and being like, like you said, like I was supposed to like it, and I'm kind of like, oh, I really don't like this. And like, right. and I'm just like powering through it, going like, oh god, I hate this a lot. Right. Like this is terrible. It took me like a several several cases of beer to like talk myself into like thinking. And three years later, it. playing four corners with a bunch of natty ice, yeah, and you're like, let's go. Yeah, yeah. let's let's let's, let's do it all. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so there was a, so a lot of news, actually, at the top of the show that we didn't really get to because, hey, you know what? We had a lot of information to talk about, and one of those things is Tua Tagovailoa talking about the weather there in Buffalo and saying, yeah, it's a mindset thing and all this. And, by the way, as we were on right now, one of the weather guys from up there just came through and said nine inches of snow in Buffalo. We believe so, them. Weather guys are so – you know, I mean, I've never seen a gig <laughs> where you can be so wrong all the time. And nine inches, yes, of, of snow uh, is supposedly going to happen. There. And, and listen, like a lot of times with this weather stuff, I think we we overanalyze it and read too much into it. But we are talking about a Miami team that plays in Miami, like the only place in the mm-hmm. country that is warm basically all year round. And they're the only outdoor team that is plays in, in ideal conditions year round and heading up to a what is going to be very frigid, below freezing at the time of kickoff, likely to have like some of that. I mean, you watched the game this past weekend where it's like just that annoying kind of slosh, like half snow, half rain, half whatever. And you could see it took those teams like a quarter to kind of adjust to what was going on and figure out how to make things work. I think trying to think that Miami's going to come out and just look like a, a well-oiled machine right off the bat in that type of, of, of weather conditions is probably being a little naive. Uh, well, that, and, oh, and think about it, too, mm-hmm. to your point. The team that plays in that environment was having trouble yes. figuring that thing out uh, against the New York Jets. So, no, I, w- I would generally agree. And, and, and add on to that factor, by the way, that the Dolphins figured out is strong but that they have seen similar game plans now for the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks that have been very effective against them. So now you got to figure out how to combat what the league is now throwing at you on top of some outside factors that could change the way that you play this game. Like that, that is a little bit of a tough spot here for Miami in the way that they're going to be executing this. And also too, like, look, 
the 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 whole thing with Tua and the arm strength, whatever, got to do this. Got a lot of velocity on yeah. it, right? So in the cold, frigid temperatures, if the grip's not the same, uh, do those ducks become a little bit more frequent for him on just certain throws? Like there are things that can alter this. That's why, like, yes, it's a mindset tough guy thing, but it's also something <laughs> that, like, right, like that does so not much for me. change. Not for me. Yeah. I would be out there just whining, like, oh, so badly. I hate the cold so much. Right. Well, oh, like, because like so I think terrible. it was McDaniel earlier in the, the week was like. Uh, I haven't checked the weather. We don't care. And I was like, okay, you've checked the weather. You like, you know, it's going to like, it matters. So I think it's really interesting dynamic to see how it affects them. I don't think it'll be as strong to your point, but it is something that changes maybe a play or two in a game. And that can make all the difference. So it is one of those deals where we're going to have to kind of speculate here, but I did want to bring this up just for that, just from the aspect that, the props have not hit yet. You heard, if you didn't catch the segment with Adam Levitan a little bit earlier, the NFL props, he's saying like, look, it's, it's, it's kind of hard because as soon as the lines hit, people are nailing the soft ones and you know, the lines get out of whack pretty quickly. But what we're, what we're seeing here is Nico Collins, probably not going to play for Houston. Brandon cooks practice, but they're saying isn't expected to play for Houston in this thing. They are 14 point dogs in this game. And what we've seen is, is this guy Chris Moore kind of uh, kind of become the de facto wide receiver one yeah. for Houston in a game? You are two touchdown dogs, likely to be trailing big pretty soon, pretty early. Uh, whatever Chris Moore's props are, I'm going to be pretty interested when they hit because garbage time is going to come quick. They're not going to have Damian Pierce. Like, so basically they're going to have to throw. They're going to have no choice. You're yep. going to be down. They have, to, they can't run the ball. They can't do anything. So, Interesting that these Chris Moore props are actually going to be something I'm going to be paying attention to when these things hit in the morning because this is one of the few opportunities, I think, where we can look at a really, really bad team and kind of point to a guy that goes, well, he's going to be the recipient of them being a very bad team mm-hmm. because they're going to get down, they're going to get down early, and they're going to be throwing a ton, and he seems to be the wide receiver one now. Yeah, no, I, I think I'd agree with that. I don't want to get involved really from like a side perspective. No, 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 all, no, right? no, Like either way. Um, and maybe the, like, obviously from a total standpoint, you mm-hmm. can look at something there, but I think you need the Texans to start scoring in garbage time to get this thing over that total, uh, which is always, I think a tough ask. If you're hoping that this team can kind of creep back in this at the end of the game, as opposed to consistently score. So I would say, yes, like that, that would be the only way that I am looking at a game like this for sure. So let's, let's talk like b- big picture thing when it comes to all of that. And we'll talk about this, you know, we'll have at least another 24 hours to give you the latest on all of this. There are, there seems to be about four or five different weather games this week. How do you approach that from a handicapping standpoint? Because everyone kind of looks at it differently. You have the mindset of people who think it is vitally important. You have the people who say that we definitely look too much into this and we overrate it. And then there's a bunch of varying uh, you know, opinions in between. Where do you kind of fall on that? I mean, if it's cold, it doesn't bother. I don't think it matters to me, right? Mm-hmm. It's about wind. It's about precipitation to a certain extent. But I think that we've talked about this quite a bit. I, I'm, all, I'm more worried that if this thing, like Cleveland and uh, Baltimore, for example, right? Talking about it seems like average wind of like 15, maybe 20 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. I always love the gusts, whatever the gusts are going to be, yeah. right? It could be pretty high. Like that could be something that affects it. But here's the thing. Those are two teams that are probably going to run the ball more often than yeah. not. So, like, does it really actually affect that game because it gets a little bit windy? I would say, yeah, you know, I'm not going to be too bothered by it. And at least where I was looking at it, the wind does not seem to be a massive factor in what we're going to see here. So, for the most part, like, if it gets cold, I think you'd be surprised how high scoring those games could still be. Just because it's cold doesn't mean that this thing's going to start to plummet in terms of scoring. Yeah, I think the only one that I am worried about just from a temperature standpoint is that Rams-Packers game in which it's supposed to be 12 
Because that's a, there's a difference no, between okay. You're fine. there's a difference between cold and then like bitterly cold to where like it actually can affect like your oh, skin and bitterly stuff. Bitterly cold and going okay, we're like three and whatever, yeah. and it's 17 <laughs> degrees at nighttime. Can right. I just go home? Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be 12 and like in and even though it's not one of the it, the winds that we care about all that much, about right. 10 mile an hour winds. So like even that is going to make the 12 feel like what nine? Like so it's going to feel like single digit temperatures out there to these dudes. Uh, I actually do think that can probably affect the game plan at least a little bit. I don't think you're going to be slinging it all over the place. And from a kicking standpoint, the right. field, the, the the ball's like kicking a, a rock. Absolutely. And here's the other thing, because a lot of we've seen this. This has kind of been a thing now. It's why it's been so disappointing. Uh, in the past, right? Home field has not really worked for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in the playoffs, right? It mm-hmm. has not been a thing that has given them an advantage. It has almost worked against them to a certain extent. You don't. I would not run out to be like the LA team going to Green Bay. Like this thing's going to be cake. Like, no, no, no. Like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers haven't really responded very well in those settings either. So final thoughts here on 49ers Seahawks for Thursday night football brings us to our pro tip of the hour. We talked about it a little bit earlier. John was leaning toward, uh, has an under ticket in this game. We were going through this in prop watch and we were basically saying like, Hey, look at the end of the day, make sure if you're going to play player props, that they're at least telling the story of how you have bet the game as well. Right, like yeah. Don't, don't bet contradictory to how you have bet the game. If you have bet San Francisco, you're probably not betting all the overs on all the Seahawks players and then vice versa and all the different things like that. So just make sure that you are, you know, betting the props that go in line with how you are playing the game from a side or a total standpoint. Sitting three and a half industry-wide now, uh, JVT, 43, 43 and a half. Um, final thoughts? Uh, yeah, better than under 43 and mm-hmm. a half, and uh, I think that's what we're going to get here today. And uh, I'd be interested again to see what Purdy's performance is like for both of these guys, really. I think the mm-hmm. quarterbacks, it's always the center of attention. But uh, Geno Smith hasn't played that well. Purdy has been a little okay. I think this seems to be a pretty bland game on its surface. Yeah, I actually took, like I said, I took three and a half. I feel okay with it. I do think with those injuries in the secondary for the 49ers that there can be just enough offense from the Seahawks to keep this thing within a field goal. So I'm actually okay with the three and a half ticket, even though we did get Purdy. I thought maybe we were going to get Josh Johnson in this thing, but that ended up not being the case. But hey, look, I'll I'll take the other side of a field goal here. And there's always the option. We talk about this several times. There's always the option in game to get off of a bad position if you find yourself that you're in a bad position. So something that you can keep in mind as you do this as well. JBT will be back with me on the desk here tomorrow for producer Steph. I'm Matt. See you guys tomorrow. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.